Hi everyone, this is Nelly Bustani and welcome back to Human Experience at Work. So I recently had the chance to connect with Jia Gay, Group Chief HR Officer of Armex International, to talk about recent changes in the business in general and the HR world in particular. What were the challenges, lessons learned, and wanted to bring some of those back to you. So thank you for joining the conversation and I look forward to receive your feedback on today's podcast. But Gia, it's great to have you here with us today. We all know that Aramex is a global provider of logistics and transportation solution, which services include express courier delivery, freight forwarding, uh, supply chain management, e-commerce, etc. I'm sure a lot has changed in the world of work at Aramex and the impact of COVID-19 has been significant. So please tell us more. What was the business impact on Aramex to start with? Sure, again, thank you. Thank you for having me, Nelly. I think many businesses around the world, the onslaught of COVID-19 pandemic is challenging our operations, challenging our business model and our financial standing. But really, as an essential industry, we consider ourselves essential operating under such stressful circumstances. I think the efforts of our people and the resilience that they've demonstrated across the business has helped us limit the impact on on, on revenue. COVID-19, though, has had a disproportionate impact on our service lines. We are not immune uh, from this pandemic. Uh, We recently announced and communicated our quarter one results, but just a bit on where the business stands. Our revenue mix has has shifted on the back of changes in consumer shopping behavior, e-commerce trends. We saw an increase in the cost of doing business, i.e. costly shipping routes, line haul costs, those kinds of things impacted us. Um, Delays and declines uh, in volumes from uh, China and Hong Kong origins impacted us, rapid changes and disruption in air, airlines, rail, land routes, operations really impacted our express business, our freight forwarding business uh, as well. But in contrast, I would, I would talk about the domestic express logistics and supply chain business, which really witnessed uh, significant increases in activities when consumers turning to online channels through, you know, amidst lockdowns and government restrictions. So, and and then we also saw major traditional retailers in our core countries turning to Aramex to handle um, an influx of orders and deliveries and, you know, really helping them relieve pressure on their last mile delivery capacities. And then an increase in demand from, uh, you know, e-commerce players who needed our help. Uh, So whilst there were immense challenges, there were strategic opportunities and new opportunities in new industries like pharma and life sciences and healthcare. So I I think that's a a pretty good summary of of, of what we're seeing. Well, well, this is very interesting. And, uh, you know, like this change or this disruption at work from one side of the business, let's say showing signs of decline, others showing an increase in demand, I'm sure there must have been a disruption on the HR side as well. So what did that mean for you and the HR team? How did you, how did that impact? Yes, definitely had an impact on the human resources function. I I would say that that HR is now at the center sort of of this unprecedented global 
pandemic, really we play a, a leading role in decision-making and driving action across the company, working very closely with um, obviously our global CEO and our, and our leadership team. We have really worked very collaboratively in an integrated fashion with teams like never before. I myself am co-leading the crisis management work with our chief risk and compliance officer, which includes all of the health and safety work uh, that we're doing. It also really moved us into collaborating much more closely with IT and the technical teams to support remote working and increased collaboration that was going to be needed during this period. Another area was really in this area of scenario planning and developing cost containment measures that might be needed should certain conditions arise. And we played a leading role with, again, the leadership team to um, develop these scenario plans to make sure that we were prepared for any possible scenarios. Internal communication became extremely important and uh, there was a need for clear and consistent communication and we had to make sure that we had a robust strategy, clear, consistent and regular messaging. And we really wanted to create a transparent and unified approach across what we call our network or our system, our company, our enterprise. So that teams were updated all the time, they were aware of the actions that we were taking and just to really generally ensure that we were keeping uh, people safe through this pandemic. So really thinking globally, locally, making sure that our teams on ground in the countries had what they needed to be able to, to execute in the, in the health and safety space, remote working space. And then just making sure that every process um, was very efficient. Human capital planning became extremely important um, as we had to, at times, move, move talent and people around to make sure that our business was covered at all times. Policy development work, really brushing off policies like remote working, annually flexible working, uh, those kinds of things. We had to make sure that those were up to date, clearly communicated uh, so that we could execute across the board. And I, and I hear you and I feel, uh, you know, the, the impact uh, through what you're telling me. What was the biggest challenge for, for you and the team going through the crisis and how did you manage? Because I'm sure, you know, all of a sudden with HR being at the center and leading a lot of these global actions, the priorities have changed, the challenges have changed in nature, but also in intensity. What was the biggest challenge for you and the team and how did you manage? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Airmex is spread across 45 countries with, we have team members in those 45 countries, and then another 20 countries where we have uh, franchisees. And in the past, we had operated fairly autonomously across countries with some level of centralization and Actually, we were going through a transformation in a number of areas um, from commercial to digital to operations where we were moving into what I would call more of a hybrid model, certainly some decentralization, but a lot more centralization. So this came right at the time that we were going through that. And so it really meant for us, and this question around the challenge it really meant developing the right guidance and actions in line with our overall network-wide sort of COVID-19 strategy and the measures that we wanted to take globally. But we realized at the same time that we had to customize those and cascade those to the relevant stakeholders in the countries. 
certainly every country was experiencing, you know, government of direction and guidance medically and otherwise, uh, health related and otherwise. And so we wanted to, we had to make sure that what we were putting in place globally was, um, could be sort of dovetailed with what was happening locally. And then really just being able to check and monitor and track that what we were communicating in the direction we provide, were providing was being executed correctly and on the ground in each and every station. There was very little room for error in this, in this kind of situation and just wanting to try to make sure everyone was safe and healthy. And so this was something that sort of juxtaposition of the global and local and really trying to move that centralized very quickly around this particular um, initiative and program. Uh, and so those messages had to be fairly top-down, clear, repeated, um, and sent often by multiple stakeholders in multiple ways. So that was a little bit of a change for us and I think a challenge. Yeah clear. What did you consider a success going through all of this, you know, change and, and challenges? Yeah, I, I, you know, there, there were a few things that I, I consider uh, a success. One of the things, I'll, I'll start with the remote working and sort of flexible working arrangements. I think uh, Aramex had been uh, a company with what I would call a flexible working ethos, sort of belief and ways of working. It was very fluid and very flexible, although we did not have necessarily hard and fast policies that were sort of governed across all 45 countries, so to speak. Um, we moved very quickly into remote working. We were already working on remote working and flexible working policies. So we could quickly um, sort of stand up those policies, put them in place, move everybody to uh, the flexible working environment, and I, I would tell you that while, um, you know, it has not been perfect and there's not a perf anything perfect, I think, in the world, but, but it has worked extremely well um, from a productivity, uh, from a collaboration, from an integration standpoint, from a communication standpoint. This is something that uh, has been uh, maybe even for some leaders uh, a surprising silver lining or kind of outcome here. And so uh, for us, I believe this whole, whole flexible working ethos will continue and we will most definitely have a new normal coming out of this, uh, this pandemic. I think the other thing, if I can just add one, one more, one of the things that we noticed uh, in this uh, was I think a high degree, uh, I think of as we went into the remote working of of sort of never stopping working. <laughs> um, the working sort of never, you know, never stopped and people weren't really sure how to shut that off. Uh, so we, about two, three weeks in, my team came to me with the idea of doing a pulse survey to just see how people were feeling. How are you feeling? We called it the how are you feeling pulse survey. Um, and we did that survey and it was the best thing that we could have done. And we got a lot of feedback from the survey. And so our regional HR business partners were able to go and address any concerns that people were having. And then we put in place a number of really cool global activities and initiatives, well-being webinars, uh, aside on our workplace side and, and so forth, many others that uh, have been really a big success. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. You mentioned earlier that you were going through a lot of change also as an HR organization. You started your digitization journey and so on. And for a lot of customers or organizations that haven't, you know, embarked on an HR digital transformation, going through the pandemic was a big challenge. 
I know you've started that journey early on. How did that help you navigate? How did that influence? Was it, did it? Yeah, absolutely been a positive lever for us, the sort of digitizing of our function. I mean, we did start this, this journey a, a, a while back. Let me just give you a few examples. One of the things that, that we did in our learning and the development part department is we really leaned into obviously online learning. We wanted to ensure that learning did not stop for teams. And so we actually published and shared digital learning monthly to make sure our, our teams were learning, building their competencies and really ready for the new normal. So this was something that they, they developed um, a sort of a sort of online, obviously, newsletter, but with lots of learning opportunities that, um, online learning opportunities that people could take advantage of. And we got lots of great feedback, only they wish they had more time to avail themselves of all of those things, but it was great. The other thing that we leveraged and we really dialed up, which I think had lost some momentum, was engaging our associates with the workplace by Facebook. So this is our internal communications platform really delivering one Aramex message, activating peer-to-peer recognition, showcasing our health and safety best practices, building awareness around COVID-19, keeping the team updated on news. And then there was just terrific employee-generated content on that site. So we're seeing some huge uptick in use by first workplace by Facebook. And then let me talk about SAP and the tools that we are using there. So we have um, the SAP platform. It really allows us to customize and create HR's foundation really for the future. And COVID-19 is, is during this pandemic, one thing that became really clear was the importance of goal setting, clear KPIs, alignment of the network around those KPIs and the larger strategy and so Success Factors has made that process easy, accessible, and, um, you know, kind of much better for us, especially while people are working remotely and, and from home. We also created a SharePoint COVID-19 site on Success Factors to help teams easily access regional COVID-19 announcements, government guidance, and those kinds of things. And then on, in process, as you might, you might or might not know, um, our LMS, we're, we're standing up our, our learning management seat, uh, system inside of success factors. And then onboarding is uh, going through another uh, revision. So as we look at bringing on people, you know, sight unseen <laughs> kind of thing, you know, interview uh, online and uh, everything is done sort of remotely and making sure that there's a really good experience for them as well as for, for us. And so that's another thing that we're doing with SAP. And then the last one I'll mention, we launched something called Nowingo, which is a gamification sort of smart learning app to help our employees stay updated and learn about COVID-19. It has all kinds of questions that you answer and you get points and then we can track to see who's getting the most points across. But it's a great way to uh, have our team members updated and understanding how to keep themselves safe and well. That is great. And I think it's great to see how you're leveraging different elements of the technology to bring in, you know, your people agenda or your objectives to life throughout the organization. I think, you know, when we started, when we embarked on this COVID-19 pandemic or challenges, a lot of us went in there without a manual, without really on how to respond. What was the biggest learning and what would you do differently should another crisis arise? I think that, The biggest learning I talked about earlier, the challenge that we had with 
really moving to that centralized communication, very clear, you know, top-down, almost, I hate to say it, autocratic kind of, okay, here's what we need to do. We need to do this right now, and this is how we need to do it. We started out thinking, I'll I'll give you an example of something that we did at, at the headquarters office, we started out with uh, a rotational system in terms of work from home. As we saw the pandemic, you know, coming, coming down, we saw what was happening in China and, and in other places. And so we quickly put in place uh, a plan to um, have a rotational kind of system, group A, group B, uh, making sure that you're keeping them, you know, sort of socially distanced and, and, and making sure that we had all the PPE, all of the health and safety uh, things. And uh, one of the things that we, we quickly noted was this thing was coming pretty fast and furious. And it seemed easy enough for us to set people up from home in terms of the work from home. So we sort of quickly pivoted and decided, okay, we're all going to go work from home, at least those that could. We have obviously an on-ground operations that has to continue. And so we did have to continue to put in place sort of rotational kinds of shift-oriented uh, kind of uh, scenarios there. But at our corporate headquarters, we decided to, to go ahead with complete 100% work from, from home earlier than even was government mandated. I think that came about a week later. So we got a little bit of a head um, start on that and took sort of, you know, the bold decision that we were, you know, we, we were going to go ahead with that. Uh, and that seemed to be the m- most prudent thing. I think, what, what would I do differently? I think that, again, you know, whether it's work from home or it's the rotational kinds of assignments, some of those kind of transactional things at the very beginning, and I think this is probably something that even countries might say they would do differently, is acted maybe a bit quicker, maybe even more di- directive and, and, and chase that direction right down to the you know, last person in every single, what we call station, but every country and every office uh, to ensure that um, the direction and the guidance that we were given was sort of be, you know, being done. I, I think that's, that's something that we probably would have done earlier than we did. That, that would be the, the one thing that I can think of. The lockdown measures are easing up. In some countries, they're getting tighter again in other countries. But a lot of us are looking at or preparing for reopening of businesses and offices. How are you addressing this, you know, from Aramek's perspective? Yeah, thank you for that question. So just, you know, it it seemed as though we were, you know, getting all of our ducks in a row in terms of processes, policies, uh, guidance, ensure that was communicated in terms of lockdowns and restrictions, we had to quickly pivot to start thinking about, and we started doing that probably two, three weeks ago, the return to work, because we certainly were seeing that uh, come through. So what we've done, I have a, a fantastic team uh, that works with me, and specifically I'll point to my employee relations manager who has done a, an amazing job uh, supporting all of this work around p- policies, practices, processes. Um, who's developed a toolkit called the new normal and returning to work. So uh, that is something that we are cascading across our corporate offices in our headquarters, both in Dubai and Amman, as well as down through our stations, regions and stations and countries, which is very operational. So it depends on, you know, kind of the country. It depends on the government restrictions and guidance that people are receiving, um, but they have a sort of blueprint for how to return to work safely, securely, 
and in the best possible way. And uh, we will be definitely be looking at tracking and monitoring and mandating, uh, making sure that those those guidances are are taken on board. You mentioned the new normal. So work before COVID-19, is it going to be the same after COVID-19? And how do you imagine the new normal to be at Aramex? Yeah, it's a great question. Thank you for this. I think uh, this is a little bit work in progress for us, but what I envision is that the workplace will not look the same as it looked before COVID-19. I would expect that there will be a subset of our team members and employees that actually will continue to work from home. Maybe they will continue to work from home, you know, on a permanent basis. We're very open to that. And that is sort of part of the toolkit as an option. There will be others that may come in and out. Our offices uh, may get smaller because there are more people working from home. There are less people. And then, you know, there are things, there are advantages to that for, you know, the environment, uh, carbon emissions and, and footprint and, and, uh, And, and just time, you know, integration of work and life and, and getting more time in your day. So I think that there are benefits for our team members and there are benefits uh, for us, but we're much more open to work from home, to partially working from home, to flexible working arrangements. Um, right now, all of our customer service reps, the folks that answer the phones for our businesses are working from home. They're working uh, from their, their home offices. So maybe the, some of them will come back. Maybe some of them will continue to work from home kind of thing. So these are the kinds of things that we are looking at and um, embracing big time. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that new normal and that new, that new work environment, that new future. Now, at the same time, you have to make sure that you put programs and activities in place to keep people connected and collaborating and, you know, kind of we can't just go away and not ever see each other anymore. So, um, so we're working on making sure that there's a, a nice uh, balance there. So I think that's what, that's what you're going to see at Aramex in the future. Well, I'm super excited about that. I, I think at the next step, we're going to talk about the new reality. Happy to do so. But yeah, any last thought or any last uh, advice to other HR leaders who might be listening to our podcast today? Yeah, you know, one, one of the things that's top of mind for me is uh, diversity and inclusion. And it's today is World Diversity Day. Um, and we're going to be having some activities celebrating that. So that's been on my mind. But how it connects to this is that really, I, I think just pulling your team together and making sure that you get the thoughts and the input and the collaboration of all of the people on the team because, you know, one of the things we say around here is no one of us knows everything, but all of us, with the collection of all of us, um, we make a great work output and a great work product. And and I think that's what's happened here with, with COVID-19 and what we've been able to do at Aramex. It is really the power of an amazing team with, you know, diverse outlooks and talent that have, I think, put us in, in, in the place that we're in right now in, in, in the company as a human resources function. So that's what I would do is uh, leverage the, the diversity of your team to, to get the best output. This is great. And Gia, it was great to have you here with us. And, and I really loved, and I'm sure the audience will love as well, hearing from you and learning about human experience at work at Adamex. I think it was a great uh, exchange and there is a lot of, of learning to take from our conversation today. Thank you very much. Thank you. So this is Nelly Bustani and you've been listening to Human Experience at Work. 
Thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't left a review or given a rating, please do so. We want to hear from you what you like, what you'd like to hear more of. And stay tuned for the next one as we'll be having uh, more conversations with great HR leaders to learn from their stories, experiences, bringing human experience at work to life. Thank you.